1: Well, yesterday on the program, we talked, or at least I talked, a little bit about the court ruling when it uh, came to the husband and wife team that took their 13-year-old daughter across the border to marry Warren Jeffs. And it was the first time we had seen a court ruling in which the parents, in this case uh, Brandon Blackmore and his wife Gail, uh, be given jail time. My concern was, though, there seemed to be this uh, applause. There seemed to be this... uh, positive uh, outcome, people saying that this sent the right message, uh, two people. Uh, but uh, we're going to talk a bit more about that later on in the program because i have been getting uh, a lot of response about that particular story. So if you still want to weigh in on that one, you can always uh, call the buzz line. But we are going to talk a little bit about NAFTA, as I mentioned, negotiations starting up. But what is at stake? What can Canada expect in the NAFTA talks? Keith Head is a professor in the Strategy and Business Economics Division at the Souter School of Business over at UBC and joins us on the Line. Professor, thank you so much for being with us.
0: Uh, good morning. I'm happy to be here.
1: Good morning. Uh, what can we expect? Uh, we tend to uh, hear the words NAFTA negotiations. We don't spend a whole lot of time uh, thinking about it or looking at it, but what should we be focused on as these talks get underway?
0: I think that's the, the really good question to ask, because we're going to hear about a lot of things, and the real danger is that we end up focusing on the wrong things. <laughs> um and so uh there's sort of two things going on one will be the normal sort of trade negotiations in which the americans will come to us with their various uh frustrations over our policies in areas like uh you know lumber dairy wine um and uh but the other thing is that trump is looking for victories you know uh, wins and often you know he sees things in adversarial terms and when he looks at trade agreements, he tends to focus on trade deficits. And so that big picture, we shouldn't lose sight on that. You know that, that uh, we're dealing with somebody who's going to be negotiating, or whose whose who's end goal is a bit different from from normal normal negotiations. Uh,
1: you're right, and and I would think anybody going into a trade negotiation, you want the best deal for your country, and not everybody can get the best deal. If that was possible, these would be easy.
0: Uh, yeah. There's some. Some, to some extent that's true. Um, but there are ways to get better deals and worse deals. Um, so the ways to get a bad deal are probably to you know negotiate to the bone um, on, and be really difficult on things like uh, dairy and selling wine in the grocery stores, uh, things that aren't we really don't have a lot at stake um, and then not focus on the things that are really important. And the really important thing is that NAFTA is an agreement that works pretty well for North American manufacturing. In other words, it's an agreement where there are these very very complex value chain networks where goods cross the borders between Canada, the U.S., Mexico, and the U.S. You know, up to eight times before it reaches the final consumer. You don't want to wreck that. So what we really need to go in there, you know, and emphasizing is don't wreck. Team North America. Team North America plays pretty well together as a team, and it makes us stronger in competition against, say, China. And that's that's the kind of language that Trump will understand, and I think that will help uh, us come out of this renegotiation looking better.
1: Uh, when you mentioned dairy, do you think is supply-demand on their radar? Are they uh, we, we, We've heard rumblings that they're not, uh, well, at least some parts of the state's not all that keen on supply-demand in Canada. Do you think that will come up?
0: So I think you mean uh, the supply management system, right?
1: Right. And and, sp- and talking about dairy and talking about the milk, milk yeah. so, producers. So,
0: I mean, the, the thing with dairy is that we, I don't know exactly who gave the orders for this, but for years and years and years, our trade negotiators put this huge priority on not giving up anything on dairy. But in fact, dairy is extremely protected now. It has tariffs at 100 percentiles. It um, has quotas as well. The, the net result is that dairy farmers are had are, are the sweetest situation of any industry group in all of Canada, with um, foreign market shares limited to tiny percentages. Even in the agreement we concluded with Europe, we still limited the amount of, uh, of dairy coming in from Europe to very tiny amounts. So we should easily give up on da- give up some market share, not give up the whole thing, but give up market share to the Americans if that satisfies them. There's no harm at all. Think about all the families in canada that buy milk on a daily basis their milk prices went down a little that wouldn't be a national tragedy that would be something to celebrate
1: oh i completely agree with you my my concern is i think the dairy farmers might push back against that
0: there's about twenty thousand of them mainly in, in quebec and they've had a great run up till now um enforcing policies that have been in their interest but haven't been in the national interest it's probably time to uh Stand up to them a bit more.
1: <laughs> I agree. Um, that uh, you mentioned wine as well. Uh, we've talked a lot about softwood lumber. Will those be issues? Do you think are are those too too specific, or will those be part of the negotiation?
0: Well, we um, have been, you know, BC in particular has been harassed on this softwood lumber issue for, 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 for three decades, and so if we could get anything out of the agreement, it would be some kind of you know lasting peace in, in lumber. Um so that's something we should be definitely on our agenda, what we can do. you know, It's sort of a flip side thing for the Americans there. Our lumber goes into American houses, having Canadian lumber in American houses makes houses cheaper for Americans. We need to emphasize that. This is in their interest to import our lumber and not to obstruct that. And so they shouldn't be caving into their industry and just interests on that side. So when we say, okay, we're going to give you something on dairy, we should say, you know, quid pro quo, we want something on lumber uh, in exchange for that. and so it's it's in the interest of your home buyers and you can emphasize that just like we'll emphasize that when we give you something on dairy it's in the interest of our families. <laughs> uh,
1: do you think Canada has to go into this as well? um very strong and and with the position of this is this is where we stand. And yes, there's room for negotiation, but we won't be we won't be forced to sign something that we don't think is in the best interest of our country.
0: I think we should be cautious about that. There's there's things that we we don't want to give away. Like we don't want the thing to be redesigned in a way that that really gets guts the, tr- the essence of the trade agreement. Um, so we've got to be strong on certain things we don't want to give up. But on the other hand, we don't want to go in shouting about red lines. You know, we won't. There's a thing called Chapter 19 about dispute resolution, and some of the Canadian trade negotiators said that you know they're not giving up on that. That is something that's sort of not a hill you want to die on. It turns out Canada hasn't, hasn't used Chapter 19 except three times in the last decade. We have different res- resolution mechanisms we can use through the World Trade Organization. So we've got to be smart. We can't sort of send our people over there and yell and scream about stuff that actually doesn't matter that much. It's better to keep a, you know, a lower profile profile. Um, A lot of the people negotiating on the other side are people that are sensible people that understand business interests in this all and um, and uh, carry it on quiet and make sure that that Trump at the end can say, you know, I I achieved great victory, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, and uh, that's sort of the smart way to go. Uh,
1: even though he was, uh, during the campaign, saying over and over again, this is the worst uh, trade agreement ever and uh, it needed to be gutted. So it would, would it not seem a bit odd if we walked away with something that looked similar to what we went in with?
0: Um, it would seem odd it, it, with a different person. But w- once you sort of study this, this U.S. president, we see that he's not really a details-oriented person. He didn't really know what he didn't like about NAFTA in the first place. Um, I've seen the interviews where they've asked him about what specifically do you want to change in NAFTA, and he changed the discussion to talk about China's trade deficit. So he doesn't have a bunch of specific things that he thinks are wrong with NAFTA. It's a sentiment about NAFTA, um, and so the way to sort of change that, I think, is to talk is to take this Team North America approach and frame it as. We, Canada, U.S., and Mexico are going to get together and produce fantastic products together. They're going to be great competition for the Europeans and the Chinese and the Japanese, etc. So that's sort of the way to reframe, reframe the discussion uh, is the way I would go if I were, if I were the negotiators.
1: All right. Uh, Professor uh, Keith Head, thank you so much. We're out of time, but appreciate uh, you joining us today.
0: Sure. Nice right. talking to you.
1: You too. bye That is Keith Head. He is a professor in the Strategy and Business Economics Division over at the Souter School of Business at UBC, talking about the upcoming NAFTA negotiations.
0: Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.
1: For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does.